Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Talking to Colin Coward, it's Waddle and Sylvie. Colin, just to clarify, Caleb Williams is not stating that he doesn't want to play in Chicago. No, no, no. He, I was told about six to eight weeks ago that his camp was concerned. You know, Caleb stays out of the limelight. He, like, he just hides. He just doesn't want to be part of it. But I know people that know him very close. And he, you know, all the, he's concerned. I, it's I, not like I'm not playing. But the people in his camp, Chicago is concerning. Matt Eberflus is done if he starts two and six. So Caleb Williams would be on a second staff his second year. There's a lot more questions with the Bears than answers. You know, you can play it on both sides. I understand uh, some of the things that Colin Coward brought up with us on Friday. Waddle, you weren't there and not heard your reaction yet. I heard Uh, a little bit of what he had to say. didn't hear the entirety of it. But Um, uh, let me just set this up really quick. Like, I, I understand... What, what I didn't love about what, what Colin was saying, it, we didn't have Colin on for his opinion. Like, no disrespect. Like, I, I, the invitation wasn't given to Colin Coward. Hey, Colin, we'd love to have you on for your opinion on the Bears. That wasn't, that wasn't the invitation. The invitation was, hey, Colin, you're saying some stuff about Caleb Williams and his want or unwillingness to play for the Bears, what do you know? That was the invitation. And I thought what he did was is he used his opinion to dress up a lot of the the stuff. And and I didn't think there was a lot of information there. Or I thought he backtracked a lot. And I think he still continues to backtrack. I think there's a difference between what he knows and what he's using as his opinion. So, like, I have no issue with his opinion where he says that the Bears have had very little effectiveness developing a quarterback. Or that here would the Bears are again with Matt Eberflus and he could be out again where your rookie quarterback is on a different timeline than the coach. We've covered all of that. We know all of this. We know what our issues are with our team. We've documented it nonstop. We didn't bring on out-of-town guy to tell us that stuff. We know our team far better than you can ever tell us about our team. Yes. We wanted to know what, what Caleb Williams is. And I felt like, uh, uh, honestly, my, my opinion was he fraudulently used information. I don't think he knows a lot about what Caleb Williams is actually saying. And he dressed it up based on his own opinion. Was he suggesting that I'm hearing this? This, that was his presentation. I'm hearing that Caleb Williams' camp is concerned. Because, I, I mean, anybody could come up with that conclusion. Yes, anybody it, it, could look at the situation and say, hey, listen, like, again, I, I, don't, I don't connect today with 
15 years ago just because the group that was running this team and coaching this team couldn't develop a quarterback 20 years ago means nothing to me about whether or not Ryan Poles can identify the right guy and Shane Waldron and his crew can develop that guy. Right, right, right. And and um, we all had different opinions on what he, in fact, was saying or reporting. Like, Jesse agreed with some of this stuff. Uh, Black and Abdallah thought he was updating his what his his information was i thought he was completely backtracking like i thought what he said on his show on thursday was completely different than what he was saying on friday and did he say he got contacted by the yes, williams and, camp and, and, and in, in that clip there again when i asked him to clarify he's like this is what i was told six to eight weeks ago well why are you reporting this Thursday when this was six to eight weeks ago why why is this only coming up now and why aren't you then going if you do have a contact within the camp ask them if they still feel that way right why why do you need to be corrected a day later why does the camp need to call you and say whoa 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 you're misrepresenting us like I, again if he would have dressed it up as if if I were Caleb Williams and his camp different I would feel yes. like this yes but if he was saying I'm hearing from Caleb Williams camp that they are concerned yes. about yes. this yes then and, and, then that's reporting that's not giving you his opinion right and like you heard the stuff on Thursday you weren't here Friday we played it at the end of the show and that was the the reason the motivation for us to have him on on Friday yeah. um if if Colin Coward goes out on Thursday on his show and he says, look, I know Caleb Williams a little bit, and my advice to Caleb Williams would be steer clear, steer clear of Chicago, I, I wouldn't have Colin Coward on. Yeah. He's an opinion guy. He's very good at what he does with opinions. Yeah. But I really, he's just one man with an opinion, and I wouldn't fault him for that. But the reason why we had him on was... He was representing himself with knowing something. Mm-hmm. And from Thursday, in my opinion, from Thursday to Friday, the way he was representing what he knows from the Williams camp completely changed. And he had to update his perspective on yes. Friday after yes. being yes. contacted by the Williams camp. And, and, then, and then again, when you would ask him, when I would ask him a question about Caleb Williams, he would give you three seconds I'm Caleb Williams, and what may what Caleb think Caleb Williams may be thinking with four minutes of filibuster about his opinion on the Bears, and I don't welcome I, I, to the herd. Yeah, like uh, Colin, I don't care what you think. That's that's not the reason why you're on. I don't care. So like, did they clear it up? Did the Williams his his camp has said look. We'll go wherever we're drafted. Didn't didn't he say today on the podcast? Uh, yeah, on his podcast today, he said that Caleb would play in Chicago. So now we're back to this. Thursday reported one thing. Friday, I don't think Thursday was a report. I know. You, you and I don't see that. You don't see eye to eye on that. Thursday was him saying six, eight weeks ago, I was told by his camp that they were reluctant or skeptical or... or a little concerned about potentially ending up in Chicago. That was the essence of it. He said that he thinks that the Bears would um, move out of the way for Washington um, because... We're, because, we're, because Caleb Williams and his crew have decided that 
Chicago's yeah, not. I think I think Tyler and I see differently the way he phrased it. Like, w- do we still have that original bite? I don't want to go go too far down into the Colin Coward um, rabbit, rabbit hole? hole again. Yeah. Do you have that for me on my screen? Or can you play that? Meller? Yes, give me one moment. Okay, okay. Right. And they're writing silly jokes like there was is what like you're a, doing. There was like there. a 10-second thing from that where he said like that he believes... Caleb Williams and his family don't want Chicago. But like so Tyler, he said, he believes there's some or- concerns yeah. here that uh, dad's a little too involved. Now, dads are very, very involved in high school and college quarterbacking. So that's just part of the new world we live in. But I, I still contend, you're going to think I'm nuts here. I do think it's possible that Washington trades up and Chicago allows Washington to trade up because Caleb and his group. Do not want to go to Chicago. He's from the D.C. area. I think Dan Quinn is considered. The big concern for Caleb Williams, and you have to admit this, where you land matters. Chicago has never developed a star quarterback. Okay, look, he said Caleb and his group don't want to land in Chicago. That's the part that I took as a report. Tyler believes that that was his opinion that Caleb and his group don't want to go to Chicago. That's where we're not seeing eye to eye on. I believe he's going on his radio show saying Caleb and his crew don't want to come to Chicago. So, whatever. And and now today on his podcast, now he's saying that from what he understands, Caleb Williams will go wherever he's drafted. (laughs) Listen, it's hard to... it's going to be like this. You're going to hear stories. You're going to people today. The big story. I turned on. I was up early. And I turned on. Get up. And Greeny was on a heater from the very beginning. About he like, always is. But but yes, about Cliff Kingsbury being the new offensive coordinator for Washington and how you can connect those dots. And that Caleb Williams is from the Washington area, played in D.C. and. That maybe there is something building here. And I'll play Shefty in a minute, but while you brought up Greeny, Greeny is another one who is saying, like, and this is the argument I had with Danny. All you had to do was hire Jim Harbaugh, and you would have a lot of people say the Bears are the perfect landing spot. Yeah. Like, if you go get Jim Harbaugh, now all of a sudden everyone sees. The Bears are the perfect landing spot with seven wins, the number one pick, and a way forever to fix the quarterback. Well, for a number of reasons. First of all, Jim has a track record with being able to do that. Secondly, you wouldn't have to worry about the job security of the head coach if, in fact, things didn't go well in 2024, the way you do with Matt Eberflus or as right. people have talked about. So the Greeny stated that that fact, like Colin is stating, that like, if Caleb Williams does, in fact, not want to be here or want, would rather want to play with the commanders, then the Bears have no one to blame but themselves. This was Greeny this morning. If, indeed, Caleb Williams and his family don't want to go to Chicago, I don't want to hear it. The Bears have no one to blame for that but themselves. When you keep a coach in the situation they have with Matt Eberflus, you are doing exactly the same thing they did to Mitch Trubisky by keeping John Fox for one year when everyone knew that was a lame duck. And they're doing the same thing they did to Justin Fields by keeping Matt Nagy for one year when everyone knew it was a lame duck. So if you're Caleb Williams and you're looking at Chicago, you're saying, if I go in there as a rookie and we have a bad year, they're going to fire my coach. And so immediately I'm looking at playing in two systems in my first two years look back on what that has done historically to young quarterbacks it is the beginning of a kiss of death so if he doesn't want to go to chicago i don't want to hear it that is absolutely on them 
I think it's a fair concern. I do. I mean, it doesn't mean that our destiny has already been predetermined because of how things have transpired in the last decade or so. But I think Greeny makes a point. Look, if you have any type of, of leverage, and I would still argue that the, the, the consensus first pick of the draft still has leverage. I mean, I could understand why there would be concern. Right. But like as Wilbon, who then we, we called Wilbon on Friday because we wanted to know more about Caleb's dad after, you know, uh, Colin was on. And he he covered sports in Washington for a long time. And he said, "Look, the Bears have been to a Super Bowl since the the More Redskins recently and the Commanders. Yeah. You know, the Bears have gone to a championship game. Yeah, um, since the last time the Commanders have the Bears have have had just as much success developing a quarterback as the Commanders and the Redskins. Like, it's I not agree. like those those even those Super Bowl teams in Washington." Had a star quarterback. Right. I don't think that was even like, I would think from the Williams camp perspective, it would be you get to play at home and there's job security that is undeniable because Dan Quinn's going to be this, the, the head coach in 2025, regardless of what happens in 2024. And the same may not be said about the Bears situation. Um, that I, I mean, th- that I could understand. But I look, I, I would say this as well, and maybe this is just me speaking in a Pollyannish type of way. There has been, we have documented this ad nauseum. There's never been a quarterback in the history of this great franchise that has thrown for 4,000 yards, that has thrown for 30 touchdowns. No one that you would consider, and let's just say in the modern day, that was an elite quarterback. The guy that does that eventually, whether it's Caleb Williams, it's Drake May, it's Justin Fields, if he stays here and they do, whoever that guy is and goes on a run, that guy's going to be the second most famous guy in this town since Michael Jordan. Yes. Because he will have done something that this city, a great sports town, has been thirsting for forever. Forever. When you finally have an elite caliber quarterback, that guy will be looked at as somebody who has hung the moon. And could be one of the most popular players in the NFL. I don't know if that drives anybody in 2024. If you're a kid coming out of college where you have been worshipped and you've been given millions of dollars because of the new rules, I don't know if that appeals to guys. I just know that if you do come to Chicago and you succeed at a high level at that position, you will have done something that nobody else has done in decades. No, I agree. You'll be one of one. There's nobody else. You're not playing in anybody's shadow. You're not stepping in anybody's shoes. No. You're you're the guy. Here was Shefty today. Shefty provided different perspective about all this buzz about Cliff Kingsbury and Washington and if, if the Bears may ha- have to, in fact, um, be forced to trade the pick, which a lot of people are making it seem like. This is a Schefter providing some perspective. Well, I think the commanders make the decision to go get Cliff on its own. Like, that stands on its own merits. Now, Cliff happens to be tied to Caleb, and now you have to wonder if any calls you're going to make. Here, here's the issue. There, there are a few issues with this. Um, number one, are the Bears going to be willing to move on from taking Caleb Williams, which I believe seems to be the widespread consensus across the league. 
that Caleb Williams will be the number one pick. And if they are willing to move on to him, that well then, then you have to like either Drake May or Jaden Daniels enough or Justin Fields. Uh, but again, the feeling around the league continues to be that they'll wind up trading Justin. Whether they do or not, we'll see. But that seems to be the feeling. Um, so if they're going to trade Justin, and if they're going to trade the number one pick, the question is, do they like one of those other quarterbacks enough? And we're so early in the process that it's hard to know what is real and isn't real. But I don't know that they do. I don't know that they do. And that's where the, that's where the trade, I think, gets a little bit bogged down until Caleb Williams starts trying to see if he can manipulate the situation and make it work to the way he would want, which no NFL team is ever going to allow itself to be pushed around. Um, and is he even going to do something like that? We don't know. We know he's from Washington. We know he loves Cliff. Mm. Um, there are some things that tell mm-hmm. you that at some point in time, but Caleb Williams, to my knowledge, also isn't working with an agent. So whereas uh, John Elway <laughs> had Marvin Demoff basically uh, manipulating and planning and scheming and strategizing on the situation, and whereas Eli Manning had Tom Condon working on that situation, Caleb is doing it solo right now. I mean, he might be able to get it done if that's what he wants. But I think in cases like this, you need some powerful help if that's what you decide you want to do. And so I think that will be a telltale sign. If all of a sudden we hear in late March, early April that Caleb Williams is hiring an agent when he didn't have one, oh boy. Well, I'll say this. That's a McAfee show today. It would be fascinating on this. Keep this in mind. Dan Quinn was a finalist for the Bears job Mm -hmm. who um, Ryan Pohl said no to in in place for um, Matt Eberflus. Um, Their offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, was an offensive coordinator candidate for the Bears job who Ryan Pohl said no to. If now, in fact, he ends up trading their number one overall pick (laughs) and sends the quarterback to Washington and they have Quinn Kingsbury and Caleb Williams, all the guys that he said no to in one place, watching their program versus our program. It will be fascinating. It will be fascinating, and it could make me want to... Become uh, a Commander fan? Or, no, just like... I don't know. Pull your hair out? Pull my hair out, yes. I Yeah, I, I mean, you... This is this is the theater that's involved with the the NFL draft and having the number one overall pick. And again, I would repeat the thing that I continually come back to: if you are convinced he is a a must have quarterback, then you must draft him. No no questions asked. Even if you think you can fleece the Washington Commanders because they desperately want to bring in the hometown kid. And make an enormous splash with a new coach and a new ownership group. If he's your guy and you've evaluated it in that manner, then you draft him. Period. End of story. Paul in Michigan, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Paul? Hey, how's it going, guys? We're good. Yeah, you guys are kind of just getting all the stuff that I was going to say. I mean, uh, you know, Caleb is from that D.C. area. And, uh, you know, um, uh, you had said that. You know, Waddle had said second and fifth round pick, but that's not the point. The point is that they want, they're going to be wanting the face of their franchise, local kid, legend, you know, that that whole nine yards. And 
we're sitting in a, you know, the Bears are in the Dallas Cowboy position where you can build a five-year uh, Super Bowl contender off of these these trades that this guy's making right now. If you get the quarterback. You've got well, to love the quarterback. Aikman, but they, they had Aikman over there in Dallas, okay? Right. <laughs> He's a Hall of Fame. You know, he was the first pick of the draft. Right, but if you guys remember, the first couple years he was in the league, he got the H-E-double-L beat out of him. Mm-hmm. And... And he wasn't that great until they built a team around him. Then all of a sudden he became Tory Aikman. But he was the first pick of the draft, Paul. Yeah, okay. Well, Justin was should have been the second pick, second quarterback taken. Is he better than Zach Wilson? Uh hello. You know, I, I laughed I laughed at the Jets when they draft I laughed at, at uh Carolina last year when they drafted Bryce Young. I my picks were over the last seven years, I've had a chance to get three quarterbacks for my team. Mahomes, I picked him. Lamar Jackson, I picked him. And last year I said, if you're going to trade Justin, you trade him to get C.J. Stroud because Stroud was the best. Paul, you missed your calling. You should have yeah. been an NFL GM. We've been knowing that for years now. Okay. Have you contacted yeah. any franchises? No, but, but Cap told me I'm like Nostradamus, okay? Okay. So the facts are the facts. I, I did I did make these calls. I mean, I'm the same guy. Everybody around me knows that. I said when Andy Reid got fired in, in Philly, I had my plane down and my limo waiting to pick him up. Yeah. So I apparently know something that a whole bunch of these people are missing on. That's why you know, I, think, guys, I think you've missed your calling. You then, need Paul. to submit your resume yeah. to Ryan Poles. Yeah, like, yeah. You, I mean, you got your help. All right, we're not going there. But what I am saying well, is that. What do you mean you're not going there? I'm saying that my assessment of CJ is dead on. I said he's the best rhythm, timing, and and, and accurate thrower that we've seen come out of college in years. All right, who's what, the guy this year? Like? So is it Justin or is it one of these other quarterbacks then? I'm saying, well, I'm a Justin guy, so let's not get too carried away on that. On that. You know, I, I said if you're going to trade him last year, now I think I've seen enough. Oh. I think I think I think I seen Darnell Moody drop enough balls last year to keep me out of the playoffs. I don't and that know, was that with was the defense. It? Well, no, and there was and there was uh, what we had like four, four, five. Basically, the whole defense was new, so it was going to take time for that to develop last year. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. You Who's know? your quarterback this year? I want to hear this. Be go on the it, record. Oh, it's Justin Fields. Oh, oh my quarterback it? coming out of college this year right for now? the Bears. Yes. Who you have oh, any quarterback? Who's your quarterback for the Bears? Oh, it's Justin Fields, my friend. All right, Justin Fields. So who is the best quarterback in this year's draft, Paul? Well, other than the injury factor, I think it's a kid out of Washington. Michael Penix? That's right. Okay. That's who I like. All right. The, guy, the guy's got that rhythm, timing, uh, mental part of the game down pat. Same as CJ. My concern with Michael is about the health factor because he's had a history of it. Okay. Outside of that, I'm saying I'm saying build this team around number one. What are yep. you looking for to add if you trade the number one overall pick Ooh. and you move forward? Man, I tell you what. Uh, tell me. I'm looking. I'm looking for. I mean, I'm looking for polls. He. I mean, I was in Macy's last year yeah. with my wife when uh-huh. my brother texted me about the trade, and when I looked up DJ Moore, I, I just about went nuts in the store. And my wife's like, "What's going on?" I'm like. Babe, I mean, this guy fleeced him. And you know what? He's in a position right now 
We don't know who's going to come out of the woodwork trying to trade their whole darn team to get that number one pick. You didn't answer Waddle's question. I think you're spinning your wheels here. What? Who? No, what, which one was it? Oh, who are we going to draft? Yeah. What are you looking to? Who yeah. are you looking to, to bring to Chicago? Trading down. Who well, you... I mean, I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm going to say Harrison Jr. But this, I mean, this guy uh, Ryan Poles is like a kid in a candy store here. I mean, to me, I mean, he's a kid in a candy store. He, who knows what he could come out with here? Look what he did. Look what he did last year. Well, listen, Paul. Wait. Paul, listen. You you yeah. you have documented your hits. If you're advising Ryan Poles. You're in the candy store with him. What are you selecting? I'm saying I don't know what offers are coming his way yet, what he's working on, but I know I know he's bold enough to draw a timeline and he's bold enough to make a move. So I'm I'm on his bandwagon. I'm not saying that life's perfect, but what how will you feel Paul if he decides ultimately after doing all of his work that he's going to use the first overall pick of this draft on Caleb Williams? I'm going to say I don't like it because uh, we we we're fine with sticking with. I mean, where where do, if we had to look at it objectively after this year, where would our coaching staff have ranked in our own division? Fourth. I where think, would our own coaching I, staff I think, have ranked? I think your your coaching staff and your quarterback would rank fourth in this division. There you go. And so my point being is this: is that we took we had an offensive coordinator last year who went into the season with the number one rushing game in the league. And acted like he forgot it and stuck my darn quarterback back in a seven-step drop again. With no offensive line. It's like Nagy all over again. First Kid's first game in Cleveland three years ago. He gets stuck in on the road in Cleveland for Nagy to let him get slammed nine times. So you don't I'll think the Raiders made a good hire with Luke Getze as their new offensive coordinator, Paul? <laughs> I think that good luck to the Raiders. Okay. We got to get covered Paul a lot of Hallis. ground. We got to get Paul the Hallis. I don't hey, think he's got a gift. He does. Paul, you, you know, have a gift. Not, well, I appreciate it. You know, and, and people who have known me for, you know, I've been a Bear fan since I was basically born. Mm-hmm. I always say when I when I was born, the doctor slapped me on the rear and said, "There's a Bears fan." That's and, what he said. And and a genius. Yeah. And a future well, and I, GM. I didn't I didn't start calling it out until a few years ago when I lo- completely lost it. On draft night, when we took, when we, by the way, when we, everybody knows the story, when we traded up from three to two to get Mitchell, so nobody else would get him. Oh my God! What a, what a coup! Stop it! This guy got paid for that. Yeah. Are you serious? This guy, we actually paid him to f up the whole thing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, 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 you did. You just gave us a letter. Yeah, that's good. Paul, good stuff. Thank Thank you, Paul. Hey, I love you guys, by the way, both of you. You guys are great. Thank you, Paul. Uh, best best show on the radio, guys. Right. Bless you, Paul. You're the best, Paul. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Paul's future GM. Yeah, he's for, forget Hallis GM. He should host the Herd. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the best idea of the pin, day. You cannot pin Paul down. No. By the way, did you see this uh, big announcement from Roger Goodell? We were just talking about yeah. it here. Major announcement from Roger Goodell. I think this is going to make some a lot of people happy. Um, it's something that we were just talking about on the show last week, and Goodell is telling you that um, no more peacock. You're close, not not quite that good, but you're close on something. I'll tell you what that is in the good, the bad, the dirty next. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at one hundred point three HD two FM. 
Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. So Roger Goodell is taking questions of the Super Bowl. This is not the state of the NFL, right? This is just an no, interview? No, this, this is it. Oh, this is but it. remember, you could only be invited this year. Okay. They changed that. So Tracy Wilson's doing the uh, questions. She asked the question. I'm reading from uh, Jimmy Traina's uh, Twitter handle. Tracy Wolfson asked the question. I get the question often lately. Could we see a streaming Super Bowl in the future? Something that we were talking about on the air last last week. And Roger Goodell answered, certainly not in my time. No. So um, have no fear. There will not be a streaming Super Bowl anytime soon. So well, that's also because how long are the television contracts? I'm assuming they're pretty long. I think they got another seven years yeah. at least on them. And Goodell's contract, I don't think, is more than five or seven years either. Yeah. He just renewed, but but I don't think it's a long, long-term contract. Also, uh, the the NFL announced today that there will be a 2024 Brazil game that will uh, be on a Friday night the day after the Thursday opener where the Eagles will be the home team. So now we're going to have the NFL opener on that first Thursday, and then we're going to have Friday Night Lights from Brazil. Okay. So Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday. How do you beat that? You don't. <laughs> you do. You know how you beat that? The following year, you have a Wednesday opener. Do you That's know how I, you beat it. I'm wondering. This is curious because part of the reason the NFL has their antitrust exemption is because they're not allowed to play on Friday nights and Saturday and broadcast games. I'm wondering if going international was a workaround for them. Oh, Ooh, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking off the top of my head. You got a lawyer in your house. That's yeah, good. you know, well done. I so, like that. Yeah, they, I don't think that you can run your just because you take your business out of the country. You really? But I mean, I'm serious. Like the, the reason they're not on Fridays and Saturdays it's until not U.S. Friday Night Lights. I, I'm wondering, <laughs> like, hey, night guys, night. it's not Friday. It's yes. technically Saturday here in Brazil. Because that's Down why you south. get the, you get the Saturday games late in the year when college football sure. has that little you know interlude between bowl games, right? And, or, or the. Uh, What's the uh, the the holiday Friday game now? Is yeah, the, Black what, the Black Friday, Friday. Friday yeah. right? But that that occurred obviously after Friday after high school football yes. time. Hmm, <laughs> it's crazy. They do continue to just find new ways. Look, this this is going to be the most watched Super Bowl in the history of the game. On oh, I hope Al Michaels gets sent to the Brazil fall. game. He'll be so pissed. He won't go. Don't call that one from home. If you, if you put him on the call, he, he doesn't. He no, might you're right. You're right. Do you think he'd really be pissed to go to Brazil? I nah, probably not if it's the opener. Herbie will take one of his dogs with him, too. <laughs> How's he going to get back for college know. football? I don't know. Is that his dog that's been, yeah. that been documented? Yeah, he's got like new three. Puppy? He's, got, he's got three... Uh, are they Labradors or whatever they are? They're Gold Retrievers, whatever they are. But, yeah, the dog traveled with him all year. That, yeah. All right, uh, let's get to the good, the bad, the dirty. The good. It's gone! Oh, my God! The bad. That is so bad, that is absolutely brutal. And the dirty. I'm talking about nasty. Uh, wow. So many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. See how Michael's wearing a Speedo walking on the beaches of Rio de Janeiro? No. That would be, you know what? I can. 
I could see it. Yeah, I can. Herbie high-fiving him with his dog on a leash. He's doing like a the pantomime of a golf swing yeah. in the Speedo. <laughs> All right, what's your good? Oh, my good was, uh, did you see, I, I didn't watch the Grammys last night, but I did read about Taylor Swift with a good night last night, her fourth uh, album of the year. I believe it's the first time any artist has ever won album of the year four times. And it's not just great for Taylor Swift, but this is great for the NFL as well. Not good, but great. You're all going to already going to have more eyeballs on this game than any other Super Bowl. But just imagine Taylor Swift is coming from Japan. She's going to be at the Super Bowl. She's already the most famous person in the world. She just set a record for most albums, best album. Like, everything that the NFL could have ever hoped for with the Taylor Swift bump is coming to fruition. Good for her, good for the league, good for everybody involved. Good for everybody. Great for everyone, as you said. Uh, so I enjoyed, as as you probably saw, if you follow me on uh, Instagram, the SIU-UIC game uh, at the Pavilion. We saw Jay Hood. I got a special surprise, though. We were sitting down a courtside as we claimed some of the courtside seats. We did not have courtside seats, though. We claimed them. And I got a, a text message from Big Cat who said, hey, I see a big wig down on those courtside seats. And he sent a picture. And I said, oh, you got a spy at the, the UIC game, huh? And no, it was him with his son. So Big Cat came down, and I sat with him and his son uh, down with my family for the first half of the game. And he told me it was something that he used to do in New York. They used to go to some of these smaller college games for something to do on a Saturday. So it made a good day great into the theme that not only did I get to see my alma mater win a thriller, but I got to spend a little time unplanned with Barstool Big Cat and met his oldest son uh, with my family down at UIC. How does he act when he's fathering instead of just entertaining? Totally chill. Yeah. But he did have SIU, minus two and a half. Of course And he the did. Salukis won by three. Oh. On a, and it was really a Hail Mary. Who did that his we, son have? Um, the Salukis by three. What do you guys have? My good occurred last night at the Grammys as well, Waddle. It was not the fact that Matt Chapman was trending on Twitter. No, 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 no. It was Tracy Chapman, Cubs fans, because she, of course, performed a duet of her song with Luke Combs, Fast Car, and uh, it was absolutely an awesome uh, rendition, watching both, and it was really cool. I actually had a conversation with my daughter about fast car and luke combs earlier this year and i was like you know what it's solid but it's it's it i was like it's not as good as the original and so while it's good i just you know I, it always makes me want to hear the original have you ever have you heard the story that luke combs I, I tells did. about it yes like, which, it was his favorite song yeah. growing up luke Combs is 33 years old and yeah. he mentioned how his dad when he would hop in the pickup truck with his dad his dad would throw that cassette yeah. On and he just fell in love with the song. It was like the first song that he really loved, and I always loved the song as well. So, and any American soccer fan who watches Men in Blazers with Roger Bennett, you're very familiar with the song "Fast Car" by Tracy Chapman. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to watch last night. What year? What year is that? From ninety around eighty eight, nineteen eighty eight. I remember it from that summer. It was a great duet as well. Yeah, really. Believe it shot to number one on the charts last night. Yes, her song. Yeah, her version last night. That's great. 
Uh, my good from the weekend was the college basketball day on Saturday. We had three top ten games, and North Carolina beat down on Duke. Kansas nah. blew out uh, Houston as well. And we're starting to see some of the blue bloods really start to take back over within the sport as Kansas continues to climb the rankings. North Carolina's really making a push here as well. Those are two of the best teams in the sport, and they played fantastic on Saturday. You know, with the NBA and with all the injuries lately and with, with all these with dumb rules and things like that, I'm very excited for March Madness. Way more into college this year than I have been. What a great segue, because my bad was... Uh, it's just been several bad days for the NBA. Obviously, the the Embiid injury is horrible. But Bradley Beal went back to Washington and scored 43. Steph dropped 60, and nobody cares. Nobody. And I get it. The NFL still in season, and we're starting Super Bowl week. But I'm not sure that the NBA buzz is going to pick up when the football season comes to an end on Sunday. I think we talked about it briefly last week. And it's not just Bulls related. I just think the, for whatever reason, maybe it's just something unique to me and a few others that I've talked to. There's just not a buzz for the league right now. None. None. I don't remember um, a, a year. The Warriors stink. Yeah. The Lakers stink. And now all of a sudden their best player is out, at least from this year. Um, speaking of that, too... Darnell Mayberry wrote another great article for The Athletic on the Bulls, read it today, and just about how bad AK has been. The Bulls' record this year is 23-27, and 27. fitting for the team that decided to run it back. Do you know what their record was last year at this time? Same. Yep. 23-27. and 27. Fitting. They are terrible. And it is just the road to nowhere, and they planned it that way. Perfect. How bad? My bad occurred on Friday nights when the NHL skills competition took place. Now, they had a new award, $1 million to the winner. Connor McDavid took that. McDavid was as spectacular as he always is. But Nikita Kucherov, who the Tampa Bay Lightning star who leads the league in points right now with 85, could not have cared less in his performance on Friday night. He went through the motions. It was disgraceful. Mm. And listen, that's fine. If you don't want to do it, don't agree to do it. Figure it out because he was going through the motions. It was awful. Meanwhile, 11 other guys were there actually trying. So it was a joke that Nikita Kucherov showed up and put on that performance. He should have joined the Pro Bowl activities instead. There you go. Talk Would about fit or not Johnson fit made right a play in. though late, didn't yeah. he? Didn't he help win the game? Yeah, he see, he had the game winning pass breakup. What was yeah. the score sixty four to fifty nine? Yeah. Eli Manning with the win over Peyton, NFC. What do you got, Tyler? What's your bad? My bad was Sunday. The first Sunday without real football yeah. on, and it just felt empty. I watched the Wisconsin-Purdue game, and once that wrapped up, I just had a pit of emptiness in my body. I didn't know what to do. I went for a five-mile walk after that. Did you? I was, I was, I had, I had, I was lost. Indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. I, wow. It was, it was a nice day. Nice day out. Where'd you go? You should have gone to the driving range and hit some golf balls. I could have done that. Hindsight. Maybe Where, that's my Where'd bad. you walk? I just walked around the, the city. 
Lakeview Lincoln Park area. You just became an old checking man. Out, checking out sites for the new uh, Soldier Field or wherever the Bears are. You became an old guy. I just You're an old, a a young old aimlessly guy. Walk. Old was young it an aimless walk it was or an a walk with a purpose? Just threw, threw the AirPods in and walked around. Oh. Stop by what a, to do with myself. a bar for a drink or anything? No, I did not. No. A, lot of, a lot of bars were closed. I was surprised. What? On a Sunday, yeah. No football? No bars, bars were closed? No bars, yeah. Wow. That's sad. That's weak. What's your... <laughs> dirty. Uh, my dirty, this is obvious, but uh, Patrick Mahomes' father getting pinched for a third D I'm week. co-signing this because this is what I wrote down. Faces up to 10 years and just what Patrick Mahomes needed to have to deal with as he prepares for the Super Bowl, the big game. Get some help. Get some help. Like, just, or I mean, at the very yeah. least, a designated driver. Yeah, yeah I mean, geez, like, like, there aren't enough options these days with Ubers and such. Like, I'm sure that his son would would sport for the the full time driver if necessary. And I think he's been pinched three times. I I yeah. think I read that he's been pulled over even more than I think he's been conv- like I think he's been pulled over more than three times. Believe it or not. In his history, hey, isn't there a mandatory, you know, yes. jail sentence after the third, yes. third strike? But I think he, he's had like even a more of a history than you may think than three. It's very sad. It's terrible. Uh, what do you guys have? And my dirty is uh, you mentioned Taylor Swift. Waddle, how about the fact that she's going to drop her her yeah. new album, Tortured Poets Department? Boy, it is just Taylor Swift's world, and we are living in it, my friend. It's only going to get crazier as if it wasn't crazy enough. So that will be interesting to see how that unfolds. I believe it drops right in April. So, Are there yeah, any breakup 19th, songs on it? Oh, well, we'll TV find TV. out. Let's see what happens uh, on Sunday with the Super Bowl. I hope not. I feel like that's a fertile ground. A lot of football-related songs Let coming up in the new, the new album. I, I wish them the best, but you just know, like, if you... You're on the wrong side of that situation. You're going to hear it for Listen, years. This is although if there's a breakup with, between the Super Bowl and April nineteenth, well, there that'll like tell you it was choreographed all the way. They're getting married. I believe in love. I'm with you. I think they are going to get married. Um, my dirty also comes from the Grammys last night. Billy Joel. He had a fantastic performance of his new song, which. They gave this background story of how it happened. Freddie Wexler went to meet him, and they went to lunch. He never thought it was going to happen, and they sit down at lunch. Billy Joel thinks it's going to be a 10-minute thing. He orders a sandwich to go. For a sit-down lunch, he ordered a sandwich to go, and then it ends up being a -a two-and-a-half-hour lunch. They go (laughs) record a song, and it was awesome. Sandwich to go. Why does he order a sandwich to go for a lunch date? Thought it was going to be 10 minutes. It's such a Larry David thing. Who And Billy Joel ordered the sandwich to go? Yeah, he ordered it to go. I love that. I love that. All right, there you go. The good, the bad, the dirty. We got Aki's A-List coming up at 6 o'clock.